When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles, and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. <laughs> that sounded so like solemn. Like right, I'm, yeah. I'm Keith McGuffey. Right. Walter Cronkite. <laughs> and I'm Mike Templeton. And I'm excited to talk about Hokum Hair. Hokum Hair. Oh, oh man. man. Oh, we made it. We made it to the episode I've been waiting for. Now, you already have a three-hour episode about this character already, yes? I do. So you can check <laughs> check out uh, what I said about this episode um, over on the Turtle Recall podcast uh, from a couple of months ago now. But uh, it is still probably the longest episode uh, that anybody has devoted to Hokum Hair on the internet uh, in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fandom. Uh, I promised these two guys that it, that this episode would not be three hours um so i'm sorry to disappoint you we're not going to beat that record jason and anna still have the record of that episode there are some records i would rather not break so i'm okay <laughs> with this <laughs> so spencer what are we looking at this week this week we're looking at episodes one two and three of season five i can't believe i'm saying that season oh, five it feels so good it, yeah. it's all downhill from here like this is the longest season left and it's only 22 episodes so we're looking at uh turtles in the hair once upon a time machine and my brother the bad guy it's funny that we say it's only 22 episodes and that's like the length of a standard season of television you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but it, like, oh I it's mean, only 22 like oh this, this is point, amazing it's been, it's been 42 and it's been 39 after that so like yeah. this is nothing comparatively oh for sure it just goes down like eventually i think the last season is only like six or eight episodes like it just steadily goes down every season so yeah well i mean we're now i mean this is still 1991 so we're still kind of peak turtle mania um secret of the use had already come out uh and had grossed less than the in the original movie um but i think turtles in time the super nintendo game is right around the corner Mm -hmm. yeah i think so too yeah, so we're still like we're still riding high in Ninja Turtles, but but the cracks are starting to appear in in the house here. So, but 
it's definitely not the fault of these episodes <laughs> uh, because at least two of them are absolute classics. Yeah. So who's uh, who's starting us off this week? All right. Uh, as the as the Internet's resident uh, Hokum Hair fan, I'm going to lead the charge on this one and tell you the first story of the turtles and the hair. Original like air it's, date. Not, it's not hokum hair expert it's the resident hokum hair fan. Uh, it's the resident the one Ho- and only <laughs> yeah it's the resident uh hokum hair fan super fan uh probably the hokum hair expert uh <laughs> just My- whatever whatever platitudes you can give me about hokum hair just 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 throw them in my bio you're yeah. going to uh, will his existence back into the franchise i swear just you alone I- I'm still campaigning for NECA to make this figure. Like the Triceratons were only in one episode. Hokum hair was in two episodes. But he doesn't have a figure yet. But but the Triceratons came back later. You know, like they're looking at the franchise as a whole. They're not looking at the franchise as a whole. They're just, uh, I come on, Nickelodeon NECA, give me my Hokum hair figure. Make him an ultimate figure. You've you we've got one bunny. Give me two. Give me the second bunny. But anyway, how many anchovies yet? <laughs> oh, Go ahead, Mike. Sorry there are no, that. there are no anchovies to be had. The ancient one did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. Uh, the Turtles in the Hair, original air date September sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. Uh, this is an episode written by Susan Stewart Taggart. We haven't seen that name in a while. Crank sends out Bebop and Rocksteady dressed as Easter bunnies from the Technodrome in Dimension X through the dimensional portal during Easter. They arrive in New York City to blast people with a docilizer ray. They go to Channel 6 where the staff are planning to have an Easter egg hunt. April O'Neil watches Bebop and Rocksteady testing the ray and calls the Ninja Turtles for help just before she gets zapped. To stop them, the Ninja Turtles have to find a Sirenium crystal in the fairy tale dimension. Leonardo and Raphael go there and they meet Hokum Hare, the rabbit of the fabled tortoise and the hare fable. Hokum Hare thinks that the turtles are the tortoises who always beat him, and he insists on following them. Outwitting the giant who has the Sirenium crystal, uh, the turtles then grab the crystal and climbing down the beanstalk just as Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk cuts it down. Leonardo and Raphael and Hokum go back to Earth and unite with Donatello and Michelangelo. Together, they stop Shredder and Krang from broadcasting the Docilize Ray all over Earth. Hokum Hare then gets to stand in as the Easter Bunny for the Channel 6 Easter Egg Hunt. Kept it short and sweet because the other one was three hours. Oh, yeah. All right, then. (laughs) We'll move on to my episode number two. Once Upon a Time Machine. This one was written by Michael Maurer. It was released March 29th of 1991. So some phenomena takes place that lets Shredder be able to travel into the future in a subway car. The turtles are chilling at the lair with Hokum Hare. On TV, a guy dressed as the Easter Bunny got mugged, so Hokum Hare decides that he has to go help him. On his way, he sees the Shredder enacting his evil plan to go into the future with the subway car. Uh, And he plans to go to a future where the turtles don't exist so he can conquer Earth. Hokum Hare secretly tags along to see what more he has in store. In the future, 
Shredder learns that the turtles eradicated crime. And now there are no weapons or anything, so it should be easy pickings. He goes back to get reinforcements, Bebop and Rugsteady's old gang. When they get back to the present, however, Hokum warns the turtles. They all rush to stop Shredder and end up in the future with Shredder and the old gang. After a fight that leads to the turtles retreat, Shredder takes over the police station and uses all the and uses all of their surveillance system things to see around the city. While he does that, the turtles find their future selves. They are a bunch of old, out-of-shape turtles. Shredder challenges the turtles, and both groups leave to confront him. The old-timers aren't holding up too well until the youngins show up and help them take down Shredder. And they also now meet for the first time. Everyone travels back to the present that belongs there. And Shredder escapes, and the turtles send Holcomb home. After seeing how much they had let themselves go in the future, the turtles are inspired to train vigorously now. The end. All right. That brings us to my episode, My Brother the Bad Guy. Season 5, Episode 3, originally aired October 5th, 1991, written by Dennis O'Flaherty. So Shredder's trying to steal a component from a nuclear reactor. He also, uh, he goes to the Ninja Hall of Fame to steal the diary of the legendary Kojima brothers. Unbeknownst to Shredder, his brother, police captain Kazuo Osaki, is hot on his case. The turtles have been staking out the nuclear plant for a few nights, hoping to catch Shredder. But Kazuo Osaki is there as well, looking for Shredder. And after a brief confrontation, joins sides to catch Orokusaki, who has just robbed an electronics store. Shredder takes the electronics in the journal to make holographic clones of the Kojima brothers to defeat the turtles, while he helps Krang bring the Technodrome back to Earth from Dimension X. Rocksteady and Bebop are given the holographic projector to plant in the sewer. Donatello realizes that Shredder stole a bunch of holographic equipment, but Kazuo thinks that the real problem is the nuclear reactor, which is much more deadly. On their way to stake out the nuclear plant, they stumble upon the holographic projector and do battle with the Kojima brothers before being saved by Splinter and Donatello destroys the holographic projector. Splinter infiltrates the nuclear plant and contacts Krang. They have a big-ass magnet that will help pull the Technodrome to Earth. Kazuo confronts Shredder, who bests Kazuo in battle and handcuffs him to the reactor. The turtles catch up with uh, Shredder and Kazuo, and Shredder reveals that he's his brother. Dun-dun-dun! The, the, the Technodrome is headed for Earth, and a big fight breaks out. Uh, Kazuo is freed fights his brother, he throws a shredder into the portal, into the interior of the Technodrome. Donatello is able to manipulate that big-ass magnet, sending the Technodrome to the Arctic, trapping it in an icy crevasse. The end. Absolutely riveting. Two absolute <laughs> winners, and one not-so-winner. Yeah, I agree. I bet well, I don't agree in the same way as you but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how could you not? I mean, right. Like I said, two very classic episodes and one... Uh, well, I didn't say classic. I said two good ones, one not so good one. Oh, I'm saying classic. That, those oh, are okay. my words. Well, then I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we get into it? Second time I around? Think, I think so. Yeah, let's go. Hey, nice junk. So I think this is the first time we've actually seen like Donatello use his portable portal generator and also like 
actually like make it portable which even then it's not that portable <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it's still a large mini it's fridge. very heavy yeah um no but the portable the portable portal generator um i mean we've seen him use it before like because that's how he found uh usagi that's true like like the the machine's been around for a while but this is the first time that we see like it compact well yeah and it's also just been broken for a long time i guess that's the big thing is that it's been yeah broken i mean because he said he said it was worked. broken and like yeah. last time they turned it into a tv remember oh yeah okay uh, sure. Apparently, this is it's the last back. time that we're going to see the full-sized portal generator until the uh, until the episode "The Day the Earth Disappeared." Okay. Also, what I noticed was was really weird that this was the first episode in a long time that we've had an actual title card with the da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. This and the other and the other Hokum hair both have the yep. old opening and title cards. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, and it's, it's so the old opening not the cbs opening with the whooshing yeah uh but the actual like classic one hmm. not sure why uh but i just that stuck out to me and i was just i was so impressed by it yeah, it's weird to think that in 91 they were already trying to get nostalgia for the original opening yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's really i think you know i think we feel the nostalgia for it because like we've we binged all of season four and it's like, oh, finally some change, at least for these two episodes. Oh man, I'm I'm not excited for the the dark sky, like the red sky so the season red sky theme seasons. song. That is easily my least favorite Ninja Turtles theme song. <laughs> is is back Ninja Turtles? It's like, oh man, Turtle Power. It's so bad. It's terrible. And it's, uh, it's, it's up like there. The, with, it's up there with the original 2003 theme song for me. Well, and that that the that one's cut with better. the like. It's cut with the movie, the original <laughs> movie, and by that time the third movie had already been out. So like, yeah. why were they using? Yeah, the whole thing just doesn't make it, sense. It's weird. Yeah. Um, think, like, just use just, Turtle Power. Just use Turtle Power by Partners <laughs> in Crime at that point. Exactly. Well, but the uh, problem is, is that one will confuse kids because it says Raphael's the leader, and you know. I mean, sure. Uh, so. We have another Ray from from Krang, uh, but this one like genuinely works. The docilizer Ray. Yeah, but it's the same Ray as the Anxiatron Ray. It is. I yeah. mean, sure. It's exactly the same. But this one is <laughs> Easter themed. Yeah, sometimes we... it turns people into actual bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Which, waves, well, but... we okay. So we have to point it out. Uh, so Hokum Hair is not the Easter Bunny. He is in the Easter episode of the Ninja Turtles, which oddly aired in September, but he is not the Easter Bunny. Yeah. I don't know what you can find confusing about the Easter Bunny not being the Easter Bunny in the September episode of the Easter episode of the Ninja Turtles, but <laughs> well, there you I mean, go. <laughs> a, big, a big part of it um, is because this, these, this episode and Once Upon a Time Machine were both released as the Turtles Totally Awesome Easter special. Mm. And so, like, very, very, and like the box is like Easter egg, you know, theme. Yeah. Um, and I had it. Like, that's that, you know, that was an Easter tradition. I loved those two episodes. Um, I watched them all the time. Yeah. Kind of well, figured. the thing is, is this, this episode is actually a crossover. It's a crossover with the tortoise and the hare. And Holcomb <laughs> hare is the hare and the tortoise and the hare. Yeah. yeah. And so that's yeah. what we were saying. Like, so Mother they Eve. are, um, 
It's like they're very specifically the the turtle and the hare because they go to the fairy tale dimension. Yeah. Um, it was funny. One thing that Jason, Jason, Anna, and I like couldn't figure out: uh, who were the people in the three men in the tub? When Raphael and and uh, Leo first get to the fairy tale dimension, and there's like those three, like it, there's the three men, the rub a dub dub, three men in a tub, and it like whooshes by. Mm-hmm. Um, the three men are very specifically other fable characters. Oh. Do you guys know which ones they are? Because I figured it out. I didn't pay close enough attention. Is it possibly the butcher, <laughs> the whatever, and the candlestick the maker? The butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. You're the right. The butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker? So, uh, yep. So it was a little blink and you'll miss it uh, cameo I thought was neat. Um, What's weird to me is, like you said, these two are bundled on a VHS. That VHS didn't come out till 93. So why'd they like push this out in September of 91? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, I couldn't, I could not tell you anything about that. Um, so the fairy tale dimension, (laughs) not really sure how it works because like, it's kind of implied that like, that the fairy tale characters are just kind of living their lives, like living the story groundhog day style and just doing it over and over and over again. But then Jack very specifically says like, we're doing this for the tourists. Mm-hmm. you know and then at the end when he chops down the beanstalk he's like next show's at four it's like are they constantly growing new beanstalks like that's what it god i like. can't believe i'm yeah. asking this stupid question <laughs> <laughs> this thing is is this this fairy tale dimension is definitely just straight up just played for the gag all the oh, jokes yeah. they can 100 percent. this is it's, just a gag it's like goku crossing over with a Rayleigh and dragon ball you know like it's there are no rules anymore because yeah. you are in the gag character. It's role. and it's just it's so funny. Um because it, like it's it's so stupid, but like this episode moves very quickly and it's like the stakes are kind of high. Um like Shredder like literally almost wins and if it wasn't for Hokum Hare, he he would have won. I mean, but no cuz he wouldn't have almost won if Hokum Hare hadn't turned on the machine in the first place. To like well, end well, the that, it didn't, it didn't that, affect the turtles either. Yeah, well, they didn't affect the turtles, but then also too, like he almost got away with it because like the machine did turn on, yeah, because of Hokum, and then Hokum had to jump up to the machine and kick it down at Shredder. I mean, it's yes. like if he if he hadn't done that, yeah, if he hadn't turned on the machine, if he hadn't turned on the machine in the first place, though, <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't have had to kick the dish down. Let's to not let's not talk let's not talk about the king like that. Okay, okay? let's not let's not talk about it. Like um, okay, so did you guys think it was weird that we didn't have Irma? We had Mildred as the character in the office, who's also played by Jennifer Darling doing the Irma voice. Well, what if I told you that they actually cared about continuity in the show and we know that Irma got a promotion? I mean, so now- that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> this is mildred's only appearance well you know (laughs) so we never see her again so it's like why why not just use irma if you're gonna use the same actress yeah and granted like she's not doing the irma voice like a hundred percent but it's irma like (laughs) every character that jennifer darling does sounds like irma yeah 
I, I don't I don't have a good answer for you other than saying <laughs> that they maybe cared about continuity for like two seconds of this show. I, I mean, know? like they, they fooled you there. They, they, they had you really excited for it. They, they did. This show has no lack of like one-off character models. Like how many, how many uh, mad scientists have we had at this point? You know? Yeah. Fair. Uh, all right. Once Upon a Time Machine. So this episode just confirms a real life fact that there are no good Easter bunny costumes. They all look creepy. They are all horrible. They <laughs> all look scary. Stop wearing them. Don't do it anymore. People Easter bunny costumes are a no go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this episode uh, firmly establishes that the show is kind of moving in real time. And that this episode specifically takes place in 1991. Oh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the show, if so, if if we can say, I would say like at most, so the show started in, at the end of 1988, 1989 for real. 87, 88. Um, 87, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the toy line. Um, so yeah, so if the show started like in 88 for real, um, then you know it's been three three years uh i wouldn't say that the turtles are 18 yet we know at least michelangelo has had one birthday so we'll say the turtles are 16 at most you heard it here folks okay six or six maybe 17 uh so if the turtles are uh i'll just round up say 17 uh and they travel to the year 2036. Okay. So that's an extra 45 years from 1991. So like the turtles would be the old turtles that we see in the future are 62 years old. Yeah. But they act like they're 94, but they act like they're like 90, whatever. Yeah. You're already jumping in my anchovies. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I just, I was just, I just wanted to say I had done the math. Yeah, I was doing the math too. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Especially like at the point that they would be that age, April yeah. would be dead, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this is the final appearance of our king, Hokum Hare. Uh, he goes back to the fairy tale dimension at the end of this episode. Uh, it's also the final appearance of Joyzy Red uh, and the other guys. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I for- actually I forgot expecting. There was a, uh, lug nut and high five. I was not expecting to see Jersey Red again like ever yeah like i totally thought she was a one-off character from when april was trying to join bebop and rocksteady's old gang to do a story on it but uh here she is again and there she goes you'll never see her again we also see bebop's eyes again in this one we do yes i know i noticed that too um this is michael mars only tmnt writing credit um but interestingly enough he's the brother of jeffrey scott Who's the writer for all of the season 10 episodes of the show? Fun little oh, fact. All right. And uh, there is a comic book uh, titled Once Upon a Time Machine that is about fairy tales. So Mike, you might want to check that out. Uh, I have already read Fables, a fantastic book. If you've yes. That. Also, The Wolf Among Us, the video game, one of my all time favorite video games. Uh, did you guys know, notice that uh, Splendor wasn't wasn't around? In the period, he's, he's living, he's living in the mansion with them. Yeah, he's already old now. I couldn't imagine in forty five years. 
I mean, like, how old is Splinter really? It's a good question. In rat years, he's like 140. But... Yeah, and so I think somebody, <laughs> I think I saw this in the the TMNT subreddit or somewhere. We were talking about like the turtles aging, and it's like, do they age in turtle years or like human years? Because like 62 is not that old for some species of turtle. Yeah, it's like well, middle age. Yeah. Well, they're they're just they're mutants, you know. So like they can age however the story wants them to age, you know. Well, and they're turtles. Don't don't take the easy answer out. No, we're we're a wizard. We're dissecting it. this TV show that was not meant to be dissected. I I'm just telling you right now that the first time we've ever even gotten far enough in the turtles aging process to even like judge their age is in the last Ronin to even make a judgment on this because they always stay teens and they always stay like the same. So that's the first time we were even had like an old, an old turtle. I guess we also see it kind of in the 2003 series and this series. Uh, I guess we did get to see them old in this one. I would assume they age as turtles would age because they started as turtles. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And I would assume that Splinter in this universe would age as a human. It seems like they lived abnormally long and longer than most humans do because Shredder thought for sure that they'd be dead at this time. I guess he also did end up not going as far. In well, the no, 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 thought, no. Well, yeah, because I was remember they were supposed to go to the year the year three thousand, and then yeah. when they only got to twenty thirty six, Krang said they'll just be so old. Yeah. So like they 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 figured the turtles would still be around at that point. Okay, so twenty thirty six. So the turtles have aged forty five years on top of being teens. Yep. Yeah. So wow, remember. they really let themselves go. Shoot. Well, and, the, and that was... they're like they're like uh, they're like needing hospice old. They're yeah, like, they're like they're yeah. like geriatric. Yeah. So I'm like yeah. geriatric employee like eighty already. So yeah. Hmm. But like okay, so I don't know. I don't because again, I don't really have any anchovies for this. Um, just more questions, and. So we knew that like when Splinter comes through like in the beginning and he and he's telling the turtles um, like Donatello don't read with that poor light Michelangelo stop eating pizza all the time Raph stop watching TV because your brain's going to rot and in the future that's what happens to the turtles like Donatello goes blind Raph like his memory is shot and and Michelangelo's fat Mm -hmm. but Splinter doesn't give a lesson to Leo and in the future, Leo is just as incompetent, like, if not more so. Like, his brain seems more fried than Raph's does. Maybe all of the lessons were also for Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, dude. Like, Leonardo's playing pool at one point, and he's like, I, I don't know who I am, or whatever. He, he says something real stupid, and it's like, uh, he just over know. He just overtrained himself, overworked, you know, just... It totally just destroyed his body. Just I mean, like we knew up. he wasn't the smartest of all of them, but yeah. <laughs> well, he's also at this point, he's like what he's scared of his own nightmares. He's had his brain re-scrambled a couple times. Yeah. Like he had this coming. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Like, was there there wasn't a lesson for Leo like there was with the turtles? Mm-hmm. So so yeah. Like I didn't understand why, like why Leo had it just as bad if not worse in my opinion 
Maybe Splinter just knew. Like uh, that guy, he's a lost cause. Like uh, not even gonna try. <laughs> like Lucille, like, Luc- like Lucille a... Bluth uh, from Arrested Development. <laughs> I don't care for Leo. Yeah, yeah. Remember that time he thought he was a Three Musketeer? I'm just I don't have time to even help that kid. <laughs> yeah, Splinter Splinter is reminded of that every few years. Yeah, I hate to use the phrase "lost cause," but in this case, no. All right, are you ready for my brother, the bad guy? I've actually I've got a lot for this episode. Oh, cool. <laughs> Good a lot life. of stuff you noticed or a lot of anchovies coming? A lot of stuff I noticed, yeah. So, All right, go. Uh, Bebop says that they haven't been to school in 15 years. Um, I tried to look up his age. The only age I could find was from his toy, which said he was 19. So that's either a, a hilarious joke or a, or a reference to him dropping out of high school or something. <laughs> um, Splinter yeah, says... Like they, they strike me as the kind of guys who would not finish high school. Not at all, but in in this case, if that's accurate, they didn't finish like kindergarten, which is kind of funny. Too. I mean, I don't think they, I don't think they <laughs> skipped that much school, but I, I get where you're going. Yeah. Um, Splinter at one point says he doesn't believe in ghosts, but he's actually talked to a ghost before. He talked to the ghost of Shabato Slama back in Blast from the Past. Yeah, like they have talked but... to multiple ghosts. It's, it's yeah. like it's like when Leo was scoffing at uh, aliens. Yeah, yeah. There's also a part where Michelangelo doesn't seem to recognize sushi, but we know that Splinter eats sushi from like the second episode of this show. And even earlier in this episode, Michelangelo was eating sushi. So, Oh yeah, don't worry. In anchovies, I have <laughs> so many of the continuity breaks that are in this episode. Because if there's oh. one thing that doesn't bug me more than anything, for some reason, it's just continuity breaks of things that are pretty well established. Okay, it's I one get- thing if you forget like one tiny detail or something. But like it's another when you're just like, oh yeah, this entire episode we completely forgot it. We're just not even pretend like it happened. <laughs> I got I got two more. I hope they don't take away from your anchovies. Okay. Um, the Splinter says that last time Shredder used holograms, he planned to kidnap the president, and that was back in Cowabunga Shredhead. That was his plan. But also we've seen him use holograms in Farewell Lotus Blossom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Bebop and Rock City they plant the holographic projector near Vinny's Pizza. Uh, which is actually a pretty good idea because they know that Michelangelo goes there. Uh, they fought Michelangelo at Vinny's Pizza and Cowabunga Shredhead. So, so this episode is a sequel to Cowabunga Shredhead. Essentially, yeah, yeah. Well, That's cool. all I got. All right, then are we ready to dig into those anchovies? No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? Michelangelo. So like I said, no anchovies. Moving on to the next section. <laughs> so we, we already kind of talked about it. We probably don't need to go over it again. But they did already have an episode with a make people scared Ray. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, the, the Anxiatron Ray. That was yeah. Open Rock City Conquer the Universe, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they shoot, you know, Shredder with it and, and are in control of him, him and Krang. But this specifically turns them into docile bunnies. Yeah. It's it's very different. <laughs> it, yeah, it makes them scared and sometimes want carrots. You know what, Mike? This is this is one of your favorite episodes of the show. I'll give it to you. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> credit. I don't think it's the best episode. I like Hokum Hair. All of these episodes are stupid. <laughs> like, let's get that out of the way. All of these episodes are stupid. Um, but just something about this one like just hits for me um but yeah the like the i don't like the fairy tale dimension um 
I, I know it's a gag. I just don't like the gag. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a big fan of like Mother Goose nursery rhymes anyway. So it, it is one of those people. other like old cartoon tropes of like at some point or another, you know, you come across like the old woman that lives in a shoe or yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Like they go to some fairy tale land where the fairy tales are real. Well, it's because those stories are in the public domain. And so they can yeah. use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but because like every show had done it at that point. Like it just becomes a tired trope. And, you know, when you watch a lot of cartoons like I did and others, it gets old. Yeah. But, you know, it did make me kind of dig into my mother goose lore a little bit when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you could recognize the references, you know, really important. Yeah, well, of course. But usually they just kind of pulled out Humpty Dumpty, which props to this one, it didn't pull out Humpty Dumpty. They're, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Do you know that there's nothing in Humpty Dumpty that suggests he's an egg? Uh, that's true. Yeah. I, Which kind of just makes the ending of that worse, but, you know, that nursery yeah, room worse. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you guys haven't said that hokum hair is your anchovy yet. I hope I didn't just trigger that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, I, I could kind of maybe take a dig at him if I wanted, but yeah, he's fine. I mean, but okay. I, yeah, he, I'll, I'll get to it in the next section. I think he has the same personality as the punk frogs. Like he could just be one of them. See, I think here's an easy rewrite. Okay. The crystal is so rare. There's only one on earth and Hey, it happens to be at the same dojo. We left Usagi Ojimbo at from there. It's the same episode. I mean, yeah, to be fair. Um, and I forgot to mention this in the last section. Uh, Hokum hair is played by Townsend Coleman who played Usagi. Yeah. So See? it's like he's two for two on Bunny Man. Sometimes I wonder if they actually wanted to get Usagi for this, and then they couldn't after like I don't know. Falling. Yeah, do you think Stan Sakai was like, yeah, hey, last time Sakai, you, yeah, yeah, you he hit him in the face it. with he pizza. So no, you much. can't use him again. <laughs> last time you Forbade you made him them. an idiot. You know, I, yeah. because that's the thing is, I guess the other thing I've noticed with this show is that like a lot of the mutants all have the same personality. You're either good idiot or bad idiot. You know, <laughs> and like that's what you are. <laughs> to be fair, they're animal people who just got turned, or they're animals who just got turned into people for the first time. Well, so they're freak. Laugh. They're freaking out, man. I mean, yes, but that also means that they're still like the same character, pretty much. Well, right now, just putting that out there. <laughs> also, Bebop and Rock City have no excuse; they were humans, but originally they haven't been to school in fifteen years, man. Yeah, fair man, enough. leave them alone. They dropped <laughs> out early. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, like, and you brought up a good point with Mildred versus Ing versus Irma. Like, the show has no problem just like creating the same character with a different character model and using about the same voice just with a different character model to make another character. Yeah, yeah. like, like, really like I said, there's, there's no for reason for Mildred. Yeah, but yeah, that that's all I really have for for the first one. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I mean, it's boring that the, it's another crystal. Yeah, another dimension. Yeah. You know, like it it's we've seen that already a couple times in this show, so it's like, oh, great, conveniently another thing. Yeah. It's, it, another, yeah. it's another rabbit ally from another dimension. Yeah. <laughs> the MacGuffin is always a crystal uh yeah. from another dimension. Yeah. Another even when dimension, it's not a crystal. Dimension. Yeah, even when it's not a crystal, it's like a a statue with a crystal in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I don't know if you guys caught it, but when uh, Hokum, when Hokum uses the docilized array on Shredder, 
uh, Rocksteady runs away because he's scared of getting hit by it. Even though Krang explicitly told him in Bebop that it doesn't work on mutants. 15 years out of school, man. Read a book, people. <laughs> we can't just keep going back to that. I, that's going to be my line. But I mean, we can, yeah. Through season seven, that'll be my line about yeah. Bebop Rocksteady. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny that the microwave control center like spells it microwave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two words. Yeah. <laughs> At least they spelled it right. I mean, of. yeah. Like uh, we've seen like mail mailboxes say M A L E, which I refuse to believe is a typo and is just a gag. You know that that the background painters had, but they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that like the sign on that on that building is like handwritten. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's the giant microwave uh, microwave center for New York City, and it's like a handwritten sign. Yeah. Granted, that's just the art style of the show. It's just funny though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, once upon a time machine. Man, a lot of the old man voices did not land for the turtles. They they weren't very like like Leonardo's was pretty good, Raphael's was usually good, but like Michelangelo's was like it just usually kind of sounded screechy. It didn't even sound senile though. Like you sounded more senile right there than he did. It just kind of sounded like kind of screechy. Like I don't know, it just didn't sound like it didn't have the rasp to it to make it. It's got like a weird like Britishness to it. Yeah, like it, it was the weirdest thing, but yeah, it's probably because it's hard to do both Michelangelo's voice and then make it old, you know, like, you know, yeah, give it, it's just like it's just it really, leeway. it's really kind of just that, like, yeah, old man ver- voices, and then to me, April, just aren't that funny, yeah. Well, and then April doesn't even get an old person voice, <laughs> she just sounds she, like she, she did when barely she barely does, yeah, she does she, like a little she, bit at the beginning. And then just drops it. Yeah. <laughs> like the British accents in that Robin Hood movie you guys told me about. Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, I like that uh, April is still the anchor of the news 45 years later. Yeah. yeah. That's quite the consistency. Yeah. It's like, time to retire. Well, not only is it time to retire, she's way older than the Turtles. Uh, yeah. I don't think any metropolitan news network would have kept an anchor on for that long. Not on, not on the local channel. They would have moved April to like a primetime news show. You know, I sure she was, she would be like 70 because I think she's about 25. Yeah. In the show. So. Yeah. So like, yeah, I think she's, yeah, I think she's like 25. So if she's like 70 something, um, like there's no way she would still be, you know, main anchor news, or like, or even like a field reporter, because she goes out into the field later in the episode. And granted, like New York doesn't have that many reporters. Like I kind of wanted to see, I kind of wanted to see Vern, you know, see see him in the future. Would be interesting. Uh. I forgot to mention this earlier, but what did you guys think of the fashion of the future and how everyone just looked like neutrinos? Oh, I mean, definitely 100% what it's going to look like here in the next 10 years. I mean, honestly, sure. I would be down. God, that's, yeah, that's right. Like, 
1991, when I first saw this episode, uh, it's wild to think that <laughs> that 2036 was so far away. And it's like, that's only, that's only 14 years from now. Yeah, let's just bring giant shoulder pads back to just jut out off your, you know, off your shoulders. I mean, I'm down. I want everyone to look like they came out of a mixture of a 90s comic book and just retro future designs. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I was doing some Googling on the side, guys. Uh, I was trying to see how old Walter Cronkite was when he retired. Apparently, at one point, CVS had a policy of mandatory retirement by the age of 65. So April would not have been a news reporter. She would have been forced to retire. Hmm. So that's what I was saying. Yeah, like she there definitely, if they kept her around, it would have been for like a prime time, like news for like 2020 or um, I don't know what other ABC news tonight or whatever world yeah. news tonight. April like that's the 60 minutes. Like, that's the kind of sh- news show April would have been moved to. She'd become like the new Jim Lair, you know, or like she'd be Barbara Walters. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, and she definitely wouldn't be running the main local news network anymore. So mm-hmm. maybe she'd get a job with PBS at that point, you know. Yeah. But yeah, bring back the shoulder. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked, in, somebody asked in one of the turtle groups, like, "Would you work for Burn?" And everyone's like, "No, I'd punch him in the face." I'm like, "I'd work for him." And they're like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Because it's the only news TV news network in town. <laughs> I'd work for him." <laughs> Think of the benefits, man. Like he mm-hmm. he says he'll fire you, but he never does. I mean, have you seen how much April's just able to just do whatever she wants? Apparently, during yeah. the day. She does. You know? <laughs> April never really has to put together a news story. Like, well, even even when she does, she's running in, she runs in like ten seconds before she's about, about to go <laughs> before on. Before she has to go on she the air, she's yet to be fired. She yeah. doesn't even go on. She doesn't even do like makeup or like you know warm ups or anything. She literally yeah. <laughs> ran off the street one time. <laughs> oh man! All right, my brother, the bad guy. Oh, did everyone else hate the way they got Orokusaki's name backwards? Yep, it's yep. uh but again, we were stupid kids in the back in back then, so we didn't know that I mean his name is Orokusaki and you know back then we weren't introduced to like Japanese naming structure, so we didn't know that they say the surname first. Right. Now Here's, here's another anchovy I have, though, is they take time to teach kids about red lights and green lights in this episode, but they don't take the time to use that same amount of time to say, hey, in Japan, they say the surname first and the, and the common name well, last or whatever. I Probably mean, because that, the show writers didn't even know that. Well, again, I mean, there's a lot they don't t- tend to care about Japanese culture, as the show proves. Mm-hmm. Again, with another Japanese character voiced by a white guy, yeah, doing kind of a stereotypical Japanese accent. Yeah, well, and not only know. that, not only that, we got we got uh, Kazuo uh, played by Pat Fraley, who plays Krang. But then, like, there was the two other Japanese police officers, uh, played uh, played by Townie, and uh, it, it it went uncredited, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Barry Gordon, who played the other one, hmm. and it's like, uh, guys, like, uh, just, 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 just don't, 
well, it's going to be that way for about 30 more years. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it is what it is. Or I guess it may guess it's 20 more years, really. But it's it's sad, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah. Um, there's a part in this episode where Roxy just randomly falls down the stairs, which really annoyed me. He's like putting jumper cables into the fuse box, and he's just like, boss, I did it. And he just falls down the stairs. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's... Oh, they, they do it like multiple times in this episode, too. Just like the falling down the stairs gag that wasn't even funny the first time. Like it just yeah. feels just really stupid. <laughs> they also make a big deal about like when they're fighting the ninjas that Donatello fell in the water. But then later he's just like, guys, I'm back from falling in the water. It's like, the hell happened to you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> i want amphibious? like <laughs> i want like a short written where you see that he goes like on this mini adventure in that time frame right some like crazy stuff happens that he just never talks about <laughs> um I, the, I just i just don't like kazuo oh no i don't either i'm i'm good with him but what what is really weird about kazuo coming in though is that he talks about shredder dishonoring his family but we've already met Shredder's mom and she's evil just like Shredder is. Oh, true. <laughs> like, like there's already like a precedent of evil in this family. So it'd be like one thing if he was like painted as like the black sheep of his family that chose to like be good and to and to do right. But like he talks like Shredder's like the first bad egg in the whole family and he's yeah. like super embarrassed and ashamed of him. And like Shredder very specifically mentions that like their mother raised him. Yeah, like oh, I see, mother let you finally wear pants or something. Yeah. So it's one of the, another one of those things that like has ignored a whole episode that existed in continuity. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it would have made Kazu more interesting if they would have acknowledged it and been like, "Oh yeah, I'm the one that chose to be good in a bad family." But anyway, um, April also ends up giving a description of Shredder on TV when like everyone knows who Shredder is at this point. Like he's appeared on their televisions without them wanting him to be there like he's tried to conquer the earth like i'm pretty sure the world knows who shredder is like why are they being like oh a man is robbing a place with a shiny helmet and da 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 like they yeah. can tell it's shredder like we we live we live in a post big trilogy world where the technodrome was driving cross country yeah people <laughs> know who the yeah. shredder is yeah what it went to uh it went to Mount Rushmore, right? Like, <laughs> From New York, yeah. Remember, yeah. <laughs> it was driving cross country. It's like a, it's like a thirty-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the other thing is, is that Splinter says he doesn't. That's a thirty-mile drive in a normal car, not the Technodrome, which goes right. like fifteen miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but my other thing here is that Splinter says he doesn't believe in ghosts when he's confronted them himself already. There's that clip show episode that gave mm-hmm. their origins. Or he ends up like there ends up being a spirit that he appeases, and then there's also the one with the uh, farewell lotus blossom. Yeah, with, we were talking about Shibano Sama. Yeah, who's the founder of the Foot Clan, uh, and then um, and he's a ghost, and yeah, and they all see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does not make sense for him to say he does not believe in ghosts when he runs into the hol- the holograms, uh, and those are the big continuity like yeah let's just ignore entire episodes that have happened before and just yeah. in previous seasons and just say whatever i'm, I'm writing my own story i said it's because those kids were stupid and there was no reason for us to remember that kind of stuff so we just didn't yeah 
And then Shredder has this scene where like Krang doesn't believe that these holograms can defeat the turtles. And so then he has be up in Rock City, just go get dummies. And then they just beat up these defenseless dummies that don't fight or do anything. And then suddenly Krang is just like, oh, wow. Yeah, this has potential. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But did you notice wow. that they were they were all red masks like the Mirage Turtles? I did. I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what a what a proof of your strength to beat up a helpless inanimate object. Yeah. So those are my I just didn't like those episode. three those three ninjas there at all. Like they didn't nothing, really add anything. Nothing was cool. Yeah. I like I literally forgot about them because like the shredder and his and Kazuo was like the better story. Yeah in this episode but like i totally forgot those three ninja holograms existed it's kind of um, it's very similar to shredder's mom that episode where like yeah shredder's mom is in it but like the interesting thing is that they fly to dimension x and infiltrate the technodrome yeah you know like yeah all right we're ready to talk about what we liked about these episodes i think so totally i love being a turtle bebop and rocksteady in those bunny suits classic so adorable i love them it is a classic um it is a common trope in ninja turtles but they still have never been to a fairy tale dimension themselves before and so i don't know it, it kind of added it, something it, it didn't feel it didn't and it, it didn't feel boring and it kind of justified like why like sorry it didn't feel boring and it kind of justified like why the why the fairy tale dimension would be doing the same thing every day like mm-hmm. like when when you first get there and like the big bad wolf is running after the three little pigs and yeah. like he does his spiel that you would assume he has said you know he has said before like you you would assume that they're not getting there for the first time and seeing all this stuff and then they explain like it's for the tourists we it's like a theme park kind of thing yeah so maybe it's not a fairy tale dimension at all. They just got teleported to like a, a weird theme park somewhere in the world. Yeah. Well, the other thing about it though is that they also don't use like the ones that I feel like you see in like every in every version of traveling to, you know, Mother Goose or Fairy Tale. Well, world yeah, like where three men in being... a tub. Three men in a tub is like a nurse. Like I don't even think like it's a fairy tale dimension. It's more just like a nursery rhyme dimension. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, little, three little pigs isn't really a fairy tale, but it's not a nursery rhyme either. No, yeah, I mean you're right, but it's but yeah, so like it's public think, domain um, land. Yeah. yeah, it's it's public domain <laughs> land. Um, but no, uh, Shredder in the next episode like calls it the fantasy dimension, and that's that's more accurate. That's yeah, that's probably the best the best way to describe it. Um, but you know, usually you see like old Mother Hubbard and the bold woman in the shoe and like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty but this Dumpty, one, yeah. This one kind of had some other, other poles. Uh, which... The three little bears. Or yeah, the three bears Goldilocks, and Goldilocks. Bears, yeah. 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 Like, so it's kind of cool that they did some up deeper poles, like the, you know, the butcher, the baker and the candlestick maker. <laughs> I've been to this really weird tourist trap recently. It's, it's in Tennessee and it's called like rock mountain or something. Like this dude, like, basically like hollowed out part of this mountain and, and like put up a bunch of scenes that were like mother goose nursery rhymes and then it all opened up into like one big cavernous area with like this big diorama of like mother hmm. goose oh it was so creepy i think it was that like that like uh 
the black light globe paint like the orange and the green at like the the bowling alley you know it was it was a real weird man mm. huh yeah anyway um i like that uh hokum thought that there's been two tortoises this, this whole time yeah and that's what that's what set him off that's, i know i thought that was a cute little gag <laughs> there's two yeah that's how you're winning you know kind of yeah. thing clever yeah uh, but guys i just i love hokum hair i was gonna say this for the end but like I think like the reason why I love Hokum Harris because he's such a stupid epitome of all of the weird one-off characters that they make for this show. And the fact that he gets like, he's introduced as like from the fairy tale dimension as like a gag character because it's the Easter episode or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like when he comes, when he comes back in once upon a time machine, which in my opinion is the better of the two episodes. I agree. Um, it's like it's not about him being the Easter Bunny, and it's like it's literally written as him just being another mutant character there, like almost like uh, Genghis a couple weeks ago or last week, mm-hmm. you know. And it's 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 just funny to me that like this character like warranted that, like he he easily could have been sent back to the, his dimension at the end of the Turtles in the Hair, but like they specifically wrote him in the next episode with another writer too it wasn't even the same writer doing both episodes so there was some kind of sense of continuity there yeah wild just what like there's no there's really no reason for it to be him you know i know that's that's what that's why i'm saying like he's such the stupid epitome of that kind of weird character that this show introduces and for some reason like that's what they paid attention to like they didn't make sure any continuity existed between like other very well-established things in the show. But for some reason, Hokum hair got a two-parter. Yeah. yeah. It it's bizarre. And so, and so that's why like, to me, it, it, it's more, I like what Hokum represents than what he actually is in the show. Mm. That is fair. That is fair. Uh, one of the things that I like is they actually use the portal machine for the first time in a long time. You know, for for portal moving, you know, like I don't know, like it's it's not just this thing in the background that they have to make a TV or other things. Well, yeah, like the yeah. portable part of portable portal generator. Yeah, when, really, they've only used it what to bring Usagi to Earth, and I think they used it in the Dimension X story to get two Dimension X. Or they or did do that. Yeah, back, so I guess that wasn't like, that long ago. Yeah. I mean, that thing's been in the background for like multiple, like dozens of episodes. They'd never use it though. Yeah, when they do, but, half the time it's broke. So, yeah. So you know, I just, I just liked him using it. That's all. No, I did too. All right. So going to the future in Once Upon a Time Machine. Like I said, this this is the better of the two Hokum Hair episodes. Um, I I like Future New York. It's very it's very Demolition Man to me. Uh huh. Um, granted, thinking... Demolition Man came out after this. Really? Wow. Are we saying this this TV show inspired Demolition Man? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying Sylvester Stallone saw this movie or saw this show and was like, I can make a movie about that, about a crimeless future. Totally, totally. It's kind of weird like to see a non-dystopian future for the Ninja Turtles. Cause like often actually I can't even think of another future that's not like terrible for the turtles, yeah. you know. And this one, they're retired. They, they seem to have done well with their life. Every other one, they're like, 
most of them are missing arms and or dead yeah <laughs> so, yeah and it's yeah. like with this one like and, and it's really only that they say that they stopped crime like once shredder got beaten crime just kind of disappeared mm-hmm. but like shredder's not the crime boss of new york if anything like he's kind of fallen from status and is just a bad guy in new york now like there are other very more capable mobsters in New York as we've seen throughout season four. Well, even like, like way back in season two, like he got held up in Central Park. <laughs> by yeah, he got held up in Central Park by goons because like they didn't know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, it's, 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 it's just weird because like, what is the Foot Clan? You know? The robots. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're all robots at this point. And it's like, it like, like I said, like what is the Foot Clan? Like why, why even still carry the name if like you're not going to be training any new members of the Foot Clan? Like the closest he gets to training new members are like the Punk Frogs, which did he really train them, or the Cricket Ninja Turtle Gang, which he didn't train them. Smash did. Right. Well, you know the answer is is. This was a show meant to appeal to kids. That was child <laughs> this was not a meant, this show was not to be meant meant to be dissected thirty five years later. I guess and I'm amazed that Shredder has ever lost a fight because, like, on top of being the leader of the Foot Clan and a master ninja, in this show he also has a laser sword. Yeah, like he, he just started like blasting lasers. Yeah, that out laser of it. sword came out of no. Okay, so I thought the laser sword was like, I I, I remember the laser sword kind of came out of nowhere, but then I remember like. Crane gave him that matter transformer, but he doesn't like. He never used it. I totally forgot there was even a matter transformer in this. He, yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. Crane hands him to it, hands it to him, but he never uses it. And uh, so, like for it, some well, reason, in my head, like, I the... kind of was like, "Oh, it's the laser sword too." Like he combined it with that. He transformed his sword into a laser sword. Doesn't he like make the bridge a net or something? Oh yeah, I think that's like the episode. only time he uses it. Yeah, but he also no, because he also turns the Statue of Liberty into him with like some sort of rifle, like an oh, AK forty-seven right. or something. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the things. That okay, I so then, so there, so there you go. So he turns, so he turns that into that. He turns that into that, and then he turns his sword into a laser sword. Boom, done. And it, and it works on like Legend of Zelda logic too. Like it, it, it's not a separate gun. It just shoots a beam the same like length and width of the sword. I thought it was funny the two times that like him and Leo, um, like they're gonna hit somebody with their sword, and the swords are both very explicitly drawn to be on the dull side, not the sharp side pointing toward the the victim. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, we're in we're in Michelangelo using only the turtle line uh, territory now. Yeah. No nunchucks to be seen in these episodes. Yeah. Also, traveling into the future to conquer Earth. That's actually like an original plan on Schroeder and Credit Krang's part. They've, you know, they've not done that before. I like I like the idea of how time how time travel worked in this particular instance. Like I like Krang's theory of like how it just kind of the timeline just bunches up. And so it's easier to punch through. And get to a, and get to a later destination faster. Like I, I like that. That's kind of neat. 
Yeah, because if it's it not... was if it was just they had a time machine, then it's like they could just do that all the time. Right? Yeah, then it's just home hum. But it's like this yeah. is a very specific instance where the timeline bunches up, like Crank says, for some reason. Like he can't explain why it does it. He just knows it does. Yeah. Fun episode. Yeah, yeah. like I said, definitely the stronger of the of the two parter. Um, yeah. I think specifically because it doesn't have the whole fairy tale fantasy dimension. Yeah, I agree. It's also funny when the turtles like come back to the present and they just like you know crash out of the the hole they've punched. oh yeah and, and they're like, like hey april here's your purse yeah <laughs> hi april got your purse back and yeah like, that that because that was funny because like uh high five stole april's purse like they young they meet old high five in the future which inspires yeah. them to go back and get the gang so young high five goes and uh like as they're getting into the subway car he grabs april's purse because she's wearing it during a during an, a live news report he grabs it and then they chase like the turtles are like, oh, he's got April's purse. And, and Hokum's like, come on, they're going the same way. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Which is really smart on Hokum's part. Yeah. Uh, and when they when they get there, like when they when they come back and the subway car tra- uh, crashes and they're like, hey, April got your purse back. Like, that's a good, that's a good bookend gag. I like that. Yeah. But then also she's still filming the news report and they crashed, and it's like you have Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, the gang, and the turtles all lying there on live TV. Yeah. How can anybody pretend that they don't exist? <laughs> Unless literally nobody watches Channel 6. Oh man, that, that's a theory. Do you think they're like a some sort of tabloid kind of thing? Nobody actually listens to them? Oh, like a like a daily bugle. <laughs> yeah, of... yeah, totally. I think that April's a homeless person that's hallucinating this entire world. <laughs> the turtles don't even exist. Yeah. The turtles don't even exist, neither does Shredder. It's the like way back in the first episode when she's confronted by the punk gang. Like they actually give her a concussion, and this is just all like in her head from there <laughs> on. All, yeah, the, it's all, all just it's all ten seasons have been <laughs> a segment of her of her coma. Yeah, it, it's a deep psychoanalysis of April and her life, and everything represents something else. You know, Shredder was her abusive father that like took her as a child. <laughs> have you read that theory about Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. There's. Uh, I don't know, Spencer, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I think I know yeah. what you're talking about, but I can't remember what it is. It's it's like basically the same thing, but like there's like an episode where Ash Ketchum gets shocked really, really bad. Uh-huh. And then there's kind of like a tonal shift after that where it gets uh-huh. a more comedic and everything. And you know, he's he's always pursuing this goal, he never makes it quite. And it's it's supposed to be like him in a coma coping there's with, there's that like his dreams and stuff yeah there's that robot chicken sketch of like calvin and Hobbes, and all, all of the calvin and Hobbes strips are calvin's dream in a coma of him playing with his best friend Hobbes. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just he's he's just he's brain dead after that yeah we've gone down a sad hole <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh let's go to that last episode then my brother the bad guy <laughs> so they're planning to bring the technodrome back to earth is to use this really big magnet but, <laughs> it just like, sucks the technodrome to earth but from at first Dimension like the, the technodrome gets stuck in the lava and so shredder like the same way you would do if your car got stuck in the snow he like jiggles it back and forth like, <laughs> yeah puts it forward in reverse but it's funny because they have not tried that I know for how many episodes now? You know, like for yeah. how much time? They're like, oh man, we're stuck. And then they're like, you know what? I got an idea. Actually, we're gonna try it. 
it's been 39 episodes we'll do something different this time but but that is my note for this one is that the technodrome moves guys it moves it goes somewhere (laughs) and it's back on model like it looks like it did in season one it doesn't look like the weird like sometimes like the the prongs were coming right out of the eyeball on the top and stuff like yeah it's but it's back on model now i also i also kind of like the concept of kazuo like i i think that he actually could be a cool ally of the turtles and they could have like a really cool dynamic going on of like oh man i need to like stop my brother you know if they could actually you know give it history and things it could really land a whole lot better but i i like the idea but you know this that's asking too much of this show yeah, to like, like actually the idea is not somewhere. bad the execution not so much yeah, yeah. Actually, don't have, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot. I actually forgot my favorite one uh, from the turtle in the hair. Um, <laughs> and uh, Krang's like yelling to Shredder, Shredder, come look at my latest invention. And Shredder walks up the TV remote control. Someone's already invented that Krang. <laughs> Krang's like, don't be ridiculous. All my inventions look like TV controls. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that line just always cracked me up. Anyway, three banger or two banger episodes. We 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 discussed the legend that is Hokum Hair, right? The bunny, the myth, the legend. The bunny, yeah. The the myth, the legend, the bunny. <laughs> but no, I I yeah. Had had you seen these before, Spencer? I have not. Nope. I mean, pretty much everything that we will watch till the end, I will have never seen before. So after hearing me talk about Hokum Hair for the last two years, and now having finally seen Hokum Hair and getting the context, do you th- <laughs> what do you think? Uh, <laughs> My gag. I, I expected nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I love what Hokum Hair represents. Um, it's it, it, it to me it's very quintessential 87 turtles like like you could show people this episode and they would get entirely the gags of this show like they would just understand i can agree with that i can get behind that so so on the news on to news <laughs> This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So what we got this week? All right. It's actually a pretty light news week. Uh, the only thing that I've got is that the week that this episode comes out uh, on September 29th will be the 10th anniversary of the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show. Oh my goodness. Wow. September 29th, man. Like, oh God, I can remember. I remember the day I sat down and watched it. It was it was so much fun. I do too. So this was back when Hulu would only put shows on for like five days. And that first episode is a two-parter. Yep. And I I was I was holding off and holding off and holding off. And I eventually got to a point where the first episode went off of Hulu, but the second episode was still on there. So part two of two. So I had to, I went to YouTube and some like kid in his room with a 
camera trained on his like 13 inch CTR CRT TV uh, filmed the first episode and watched it that way. So I just want to say, kid, if you're out there, if you're listening to this podcast, like, thanks a lot, man. I, <laughs> for real. Cause like, I, I was like, man, if I can't watch the first episode, I don't know if I want to watch the rest, yada, yada, but like you saved me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I love that show so much that that is the show that if i ever wanted to get somebody into turtles for the first time that is what i would show them it's a good show i i haven't watched it since it stopped airing i need to go back and give it a rewatch. i watch it every now and then um i have i have my favorite episodes that i put on uh i bought it all pretty cheaply on voodoo yeah i guess I, i've caught an episode here and there but i haven't like sat down and dedicated time to watching it you know yeah it's it's it i don't know i feel like we i feel like we can do a whole episode on 2012 turtles so i don't want to get too too into it just now okay any comic book news spencer uh next week armageddon game the armageddon game number one is going to be coming out the actual book the actual book also, I guess, I don't know, it's, it's Ninja Turtles adjacent. I, I don't know, sometimes I don't like including it because I like people knowing that it's a totally separate thing. But Usagi Ojimbo is leaving IDW Publishing and it's going back to Dark Horse and it's because Dark Horse has offered Stan Sakai a deal he cannot refuse, which is... He's getting his own imprint. He's right? getting his own imprint. Yeah, dog you. So... Good for him. You know, that's yeah. really cool. Good for you. Like, getting your own imprint's a big deal. Like, yeah, like, he's getting his own Mirage comics, finally. Mm-hmm. That's that's, that's so cool. So, good good for Stan, man. I, mean, I couldn't be happier for him. And Which, I got my NECA uh, Usagi Ojimbo figure, and it is really good. Mine's still in the box, and I gotta get it out this weekend. Oh, I opened it and started playing with it immediately. Yeah. NECA figures, you gotta, you gotta start messing with those joints, because they are frozen out of the box. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't yet, go pick up Usagi Ojimbo. Great book. Yeah, like they, there are lots of ways to read it. You can read a lot of it with uh, with Comicsology. It's man, like Stan Sakai is the master of the short story. Like like those are like original ones he published with I think like Fantagraphics and then Mirage. Yeah, that are just like little short stories. Like just fantastic. I, I had like a whole like rant in my head one day about how, I mean, I rant's the wrong word because it was positive, mm-hmm. but just like, just how good his short stories are because they will have like just enough that it makes it so like that the emotional impact hits hard for yeah. whatever that story is telling, you know, they can be like just silly little one-off stories, or they can just suddenly be like this punch in the gut, introspective view of human life and duty and, it's it's crazy yeah yeah like <laughs> i, I, I probably, comic. yeah like it's really really good you would not expect a comic about an anthropomorphic samurai rabbit to be as good as it is and it it really is that good so yeah check out yusagi ojimbo so spencer what are we doing next week next week we're gonna have a special episode talking about the 2012 series since it's its 10 year anniversary Ooh, yep and we'll even well i won't make did we did we plan that when i dropped it into the news last minute yeah sure it was totally we was was totally scheduled totally totally on the schedule way 
planned out you know plan this out way way far in advance yeah we definitely don't do this on the fly guys we definitely don't do it live uh so guys thank you again for listening to another episode of the ninja turtle power hour we love each and every one of you uh let us know somewhere on the internet uh that you love the show as well ninja turtle power hour uh or ninja turtle ph on twitter instagram or facebook and now tiktok uh which spencer's been doing a fantastic job of doing pretty consistently like we're up to like what 20 videos so far yeah 21 i think i just did today about granitor oh that's right yeah granitor like i just watched uh episode 20 so uh yeah definitely check us out on tiktok um let us know like what other content you're interested in seeing on tiktok if you use tiktok um like you don't have to make tiktoks in order to use tiktok like i have the app i use it to watch them um yeah let us know what kind of content you're interested in seeing there like right now we're doing trivia um and like kind of like little little lore dives like little one minute lore dives of characters randomly uh but if you want to see other stuff uh let us know uh so yeah we love you guys take care and hey we always want to keep the podcast free um this is something we do for fun not for money but if you're like hey these guys they seem like cool dudes i'd like to maybe buy them a cup of coffee well now you can uh go to coffee.com slash ninja turtle power hour you can leave us a tip there that's coffee.com ko hyphen fi.com slash ninja ninja turtle power hour all one word thank you yeah so that's our show this week thanks again so much for listening and until next time cowabunga dudes cowabunga uh i forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) i was gonna do the all my controls look like all my devices look like remote controls but i got nothing just leave us all in okay (laughs) (laughs) the best jokes are when you say fix it in post and then don't fix it in post (laughs) i don't know i got i got one i got one i got one okay okay oh hang on You set an example for us all. that show i will say in retrospect i think it has some of the highest highs but also some of the lowest lows like for every the gauntlet there's a sh- an episode where michelangelo gets acne or something you know <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah well that's kind of my big criticism of it and it kind of what's held me back from watching it again i think yeah but even on top of that like some of the things that like are supposed to pay off like like uh Karai being Shredder's daughter, like it's the, not Shredder, but Splinter's daughter in this one, you know, it's like a reveal and you're like, ooh, but like, it feels like it's kind of like maybe building to something, but like it never really actually like gets somewhere. Like she yeah. eventually decides that she's not on Shredder's side and then she gets brainwashed and now she's just evil again. And then well, she gets turned into a mutant. And then it like, like there's never really anything that feels like. There, there's, a, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that like doesn't pay off in 2012 like they they never fix mutagen man even though donnie says like i'll never you know give up on you yeah he yeah. gives up on him yeah
Because I've seen people say like they need to bring the show back to wrap up all the plot threads. But I'm like, there's like that in April's mom, and like, what other plot threads didn't they like? Yeah, like they they really don't need to bring 2012 back. Like that no. that show's done. Yeah, yeah. like 100 percent that is done. Yeah, um, I, I honestly don't think there's really any show so far that they need to really like actually bring back. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I think especially I think, 87. Like you already had 193 episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thousand. I mean, two thousand three had seven seasons and a movie. Like, yeah. I you know, as much as I would love now knowing the ideas for Rise season three and beyond, like I'm okay with it ending the way it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't need I don't need a Rise season three. Um, you know, I think I think it i th- i think it, i think now i can look at it objectively it stumbled at first and then i think it ended on a on a high mm-hmm. yeah and i i don't know like i i really think that they should make an animated ninja turtle show that is kind of like in your pg13 area at this point because the toys aren't even being marketed to kids anymore like you know playmates themselves is making things that are aimed at adults Mm-hmm. uh i, well, I remember gen- they're gonna they're gonna do a new toy line based on you know the movie next year they are but I, you know, I don't know we'll see you know kind of thing like it's it's one of those things where it seems like they have still see that the money-making audience is adults and older people and most people kind of see it as a kid's show and I, I just think that the the best way to bring in new fans that will last is through uh, something that's kind of more aimed at teens, but could still be watched by kind of you know like younger ish kids, well, but they're I old think enough it, to like really get into something. I think it. I think they need to adopt like what Star Wars did with like Clone Wars and Rebels, and like get the kids invested, and then and then age the show up as it goes. And 2012 kind of did that, mm-hmm. um, and Rise sounded like it was going to. Like the movie is way darker than the show ever got. Yeah, And so like, that's also an example of the show kind of growing up with its audience. Um, And I think turtles can really benefit from a show being planned out like that Mm -hmm. to kind of like always grow up with the audience so that like people and and, like, yeah, like you'll have like, you know, the people that are like, Oh, this show sucks. But then it's like, you know, once it, once it hits like that season two, you know, Shredder comes in and like mercs everybody, and then everyone's like, "Oh shit, we gotta really, we gotta train, boys." Yeah. You know, it could have that moment, and then like really turn it, turn it around, and then like, "Oh, okay, it's getting darker now." Yeah, maybe. Like, I oh, I, bloodsuckers here. Oh, oh man. There's no way bloodsuckers ever coming back. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I'm sure he's so tied up and. Oh, yeah. rights and legal things i know I, I don't like i think he's a great design i would like to see him again that's sexy booty yeah <laughs> what's well, a cool idea too like he sucks the mutagen out of the turtles and becomes a mutant himself like yeah so cool um, it works but but yeah I, I i genuinely think that like like a pg-13-esque show like avengers kind of levels of of violence you know or lord of the rings level because there's like there's you know there's a little bit of beheading in those well i mean to um, be say like you can get away with a lot in pg-13 yeah like, like i think it, it doesn't turtles never needs to be rated r yeah and so like i think that you could go that you know that deep and and actually gain new audiences of people that miss turtles when they were kids 
and never saw it. And now we're like, you're seeing this and are like, oh, this is really good. You know, something that's close to like the IDW comics yeah. would just, so I want an adaptation of it, but I feel like it could actually pull in fans and let people be like, oh, wow, this is something more than just the 87 series, yeah. you know, and could actually bring in fans again. But that's just my two cents. I don't run a, a mega corporation. Maybe it's too big of a risk. I don't know. Oh, we got to make sure it's not uh, Viacom anymore. It's Paramount. Oh. It, it's just Paramount now. It's just Paramount now? Paramount Global. Oh. All right. I will not call it Viacom anymore. So. All right. That's it. I'm out of here. All right, guys. Take I'll let care. you know if one of those guys bites. Sounds good. Yeah. I'll see you in two weeks. See you. Have a good one. Yeah. Have fun. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.